Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Hey friends and fellow no bullshitters. This week we had a fantastic chat with Casey, Joe, or Vitas. We are talking all things mindset, in particular, the all or nothing thinking, how we talk to ourselves, and more. Let's get right into it and start changing our mindset. Hi, Casey. Hello. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. I am um, on puppy duty, so I hope you guys have a good editor. If there's any chance that I have to like get up and like run and take something out of her mouth, but um... no worries. No worries. <laughs> I I have a uh, my German Shepherd. When when there's uh, sirens going on, she'll start howling, so I'm always having to edit that stuff out. So, so yeah, we've had we've, ha- we've had some of those stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, she should be okay because Sam just said he was like, I played with her a bunch. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be on back to back calls for like the next three hours. So Fun. hopefully she's okay. <laughs> How's that going, by the way? It's good. It's good. She is like, I mean, she's a good puppy. She's not just like super destructive. She hasn't really chewed anything up. Like she's fully potty trained. Like she really is good. It's just one of those things where you do feel like you kind of have to have like eyes on the back of your head just in case. Or like she goes upstairs and I'm like, I hope she's just going upstairs to like lay on the dog bed and that's all, but you don't really know. So yeah, no, she's, she's been good. (laughs) What, what breed is she? She's a cane Corso or Cane Corso. Cane Corso. Yep. Mm-hmm, kind of corso oh. so she'll be a big dog it's like at some point she'll probably <laughs> walk past you'll see her in the background but cool <laughs> i love it so matt casey casey matt hi, hi. nice to meet you <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> so thank you for coming on the podcast cut the crap with beth and matt Yay. so of course we're gonna we're gonna be talking about mindset because it is casey joe Arvedis, head of the mindset here <laughs> Um, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself and just tell everyone who you are, what you do? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my name is Casey, head of the mindset stuff, apparently, <laughs> but, um, I own a business and it is sort of like everything I do, honestly, and even who I am, including my business and just who I am as a person is sort of half and half. So one half of that is health and fitness coaching. And I own a one-on-one health and fitness coaching business. And then the other half is coaching other coaches, which is how I got to meet Beth through the health mindset coaching certification and some mentorship that I do as well. And all of this stuff, although it is kind of two different audiences, focuses on this combination of health, fitness, nutrition, all of that stuff that we know and love alongside psychology and mindset. So my PhD and my background from an educational perspective is in psychology and mindset and understanding how growth versus fixed mindset plays a role in how healthy we eat, how often we exercise, things like that. So it's really, really important to me to kind of like bridge the gap in the coaching world and to see how we can bring some of this like science of mindset. And there is a science to it, although many people just talk about it as if it's, if there's no science to it, um, which is something we can definitely dive into, but um, Mm -hmm. to bridge that gap and bring that into the coaching space and just make people more aware that there are evidence-based practices to this stuff and how to start to use them. Amazing. Love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm, so, uh, I'm so glad that you started that mindset course, because it was one of the things that I felt that was lacking as a coach in what everything that I've learned, because we all know, like anyone can count macronutrients, whatever, but it really comes right. down to the, to the mindset. Yeah, that is something. And like, that's a, that's a big gap that I saw as well, because I was coaching first while I then I got my PhD. And I was like, wait a second, there's something missing here. And so it was a really cool opportunity for me because I was quite literally like doing research in the lab by day. And then by evening, I was coaching clients on their nutrition. So it was really interesting for me to kind of see the stuff play out that I was seeing in the lab and from like a scientific perspective in the real world too. So to really see that at the same time and really think like, okay, so how can I start to do this? Because the issue, not necessarily an issue, but the hard part about academia and doing research in general is that you are publishing these papers and they're getting put out into these journals that other academics read. And it's really, you just kind of have to cross your fingers and hope that someone picks it up like a health and fitness coach and is like, wow, I'm going to try to apply this to my coaching, you know? So there really isn't a lot of that. So I wanted to kind of sit in the middle of like, okay, let me pull the science that I know. And also the coaching practices that I know and put them together and let's try to do that. And so that's what my one-on-one health and fitness coaching. I have five assistant coaches on my team who helped me at this point. Um, that's what we really try to do is try to pull those things together. And the mindset certification is essentially like teaching other coaches how to do that too. 
so amazing. So amazing. Um, I'd love to talk about fixed mindset versus growth mindset and how that we can actually be both. Cause I know recently you've been talking mm-hmm. about that on your Instagram. I think it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of it's yeah. The, the Instagram post is just about how it was like a big misconception. And I think something that mm-hmm. gets lost, um, when you don't necessarily understand the full, like the science and the evidence-based practices, as I was describing before and mindset just kind of gets talked about as this like big blanket statement, especially when you talk about growth mindset, like people are like, Oh, just have a growth mindset. Or like, I have a growth mindset and that's why I'm successful and all of these things. But the truth is like you can have a very strong growth mindset in one area of your life and still have a fixed mindset in the other. So we see that all the time, like how it's talked about in the literature is that mindset is very domain specific. So that's kind of like the fancy way of saying it. Um, but I think you can like at face value, understand it. And you probably know people in your life, or maybe this is you yourself where you're like, yeah, I definitely have a growth mindset when it comes to say, weight loss or health and fitness. Like I've seen my body change. I know that this is possible. I want to help mm-hmm. other people do it. And I have this great, big, amazing growth mindset when it comes to health and fitness, but then maybe you're also a business owner and you have somewhat of a fixed mindset when it comes to like your ability to scale your business and hire people and be a leader and do all those things. You're like, Oh, I've never really seen myself in that position. I don't know if I'm capable of doing those things. So you could be saying to everyone, oh, I have this growth mindset and on social media and Instagram and talking about it, all of these things. When the reality is, yep, you do, but only in one area. And that doesn't mean that like you're totally stuck with the fixed mindset in the other area or that the other one is like a growth mindset for good. You know, things can always be changed and it's a very dynamic, um, mindset is just very dynamic in general. So it's very possible that you can have both a growth mindset and a fixed mindset essentially at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And so how would you help someone have more of a growth mindset in the area that let's say like, business, you know, anything really like yeah. they're successful in business and fixed mindset and nutrition? Um, mm-hmm. How do you go about like helping someone change that? That's like the million dollar question, right? I know. <laughs> I know, right? Honestly, give, us the, give us the answer. Please. <laughs> how, many, how many days, weeks we got here? Um, but I honestly do think that that's like probably the most common question I get. It's like, okay, well then how do you start to shift someone's mindset or how do right. I start to shift my mindset? You know, um, and a lot of things go into where and why like your mindset is where it currently is. But Beth, you're not going to be surprised that I say like first is understanding and becoming more aware of like why that is in the first place. So I think if you are at a place where you're starting to recognize like, okay, maybe I'm holding myself back here, or I don't fully believe in myself in some of these areas. I wonder if that's a fixed mindset. I wonder if that's like showing up in the, like why I am not being successful. And you're just starting to like kind of piece these things together and start to figure it out a little bit, but aren't fully understanding it. It doesn't quite make sense to you. That's where you can really dive in and start to think like, okay, let me figure out if I have a fixed mindset here. You know, like, let me see if that's actually the case and become more aware of that because it's true that you like, you can't improve what you don't know needs improving. You can't change what you don't know needs changing. So you need to like find that baseline first. So, and a lot of people are just sitting here like, oh, well, I don't know if it's a fixed mindset, but I definitely am like holding myself back. And people are just like not aware that they do have a fixed mindset. So that really needs to happen first. Like nothing I say is going to matter if you're over here like, well, I don't even know if I like qualify for this or I fit into this category or if I have a fixed mindset. Truth is most people have a fixed mindset to some degree somewhere, right? Like even myself right. after researching this stuff for years and years. So becoming aware and noticing where your fixed mindset is obviously like easier said than done. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to come aware. I'm going to look for my fixed mindset, but like, what does that actually look like? It just it all can feel like very abstract and hard to like, not tangible really. Um, so with that said, a few things that you can start to look for is just kind of paying attention to how you think about things and how you respond to things. Um, a couple, or I guess a few big ones that I tend to point out are feedback, setbacks, and success. So feedback is when you get feedback from other people, right? When other constructive criticism, whatever it may be, maybe it's from like your significant other, your boss, your friend, your mom, whatever. Um, How do you respond to that? And for some people, it may be like, oh, you know, like, I feel like maybe I did something wrong, but then I'm like open to hearing it and trying to hear like how I can improve and stuff like that. And to me, that's like, okay, we have maybe a little bit 
have a fixed mindset, but maybe mostly growth mindset if you're taking this feedback and then using it to improve. Uh, whereas other people, if you think about it and your boss gives you feedback, the first thing you think and you feel is like, no, I was correct there. You know, like that's not true. You know, what I did right was what I did the first time was right, you know, and really believing that that's the case. Then you might email your boss back and be like, thank you for the feedback. I will definitely incorporate it and then not actually do anything with it. Um, so that's very, very much fixed mindset territories, like kind of getting defensive and almost seeing mm -hmm. sometimes it, sometimes it can come off as almost like a personal attack without you even realizing it. And obviously yeah. the, your boss is, unless your boss is like a dick, obviously your boss is mm -hmm. not like out to get you and make you feel bad. They truly want you to improve and get better. So, mm -hmm. but it can be hard to like, in that and be like, okay, so this person wants me to make me feel better, wants me to get better. But like in the moment, I'm feeling like a little bit angry about this or whatever. So with that said, feedback is a big one, because I think that's something that everybody is getting feedback in some capacity all of the time. So just thinking a little bit more next time you do receive feedback, or even just reflecting maybe in the last week, was there any time you got feedback from someone? How did you respond to it? And how you responded can tell you whether or not you have a fixed mindset in that area. Um, the next one is setbacks. So you have like, uh, from a health and fitness perspective, we'll use that example. You have a week where you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym four days a week. Like, this is perfect. Like, I know exactly what time I'm going to go. I'm going to set up my gym clothes beforehand. You have this beautiful plan. Say your, your kid gets sick and now you are not going to the gym more than twice that week. That's somewhat of like a setback for you. And someone with a fixed mindset may be like, every time, you know, this always happens to me. I have a week set up something gets in the way. Like, this is literally my life. Like, this is just the way it's going to be. Like, I don't know why I thought I could do this. Someone with a growth mindset may have the same exact situation happen and go, okay, so clearly like something on the way, it's not like my fault. This is like life happens, but I do wonder if I can reflect back and think like, was there anywhere I could have just got more movement in instead of totally skipping my workout altogether? Just because my kid was sick, is, would, would it be possible if like next time this happens that I just move my workouts to different days or try to get additional help or support? So just trying to say like, okay, giving yourself the grace that like, yes, that happened. Like you can't mm -hmm. go back and change anything. And like life does get in the way sometimes. And that's okay. But what can we learn from it? How can we be better next time? Right. Um, and the last one is success and success. I'm referring to is like the success of other people. So how you respond to seeing other people be successful. So let's say you're scrolling Instagram, you come across like Sheila from high school and you're like, oh my God, Sheila lost like a hundred pounds. And she's like with this like super hot guy now and has like three beautiful kids in this big house. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe that Sheila's life. Like secretly you want your life to be like Sheila's right um so how do you respond to seeing Sheila on Instagram is it like wow good for Sheila like that's so cool like I feel like maybe I have a chance if Sheila could do it I can do it you know mm -hmm. that would be very much like a growth mindset way of looking at it you may even reach out to Sheila and like let her know like wow it's been it's so cool to see like your glow up and I'm like I feel super proud of you like how are you doing maybe befriend Sheila because if Sheila is doing the things that you feel like you want to be able to do maybe having her as a, a friend and a resource and a support system would be a good idea. If you have a fixed mindset, you may scroll past that image of Sheila. Definitely. You're not double tapping it. You're not commenting. You're not reaching out. You are just thinking to yourself, like she must have something that I don't have. Like she must've just got lucky. Like, I wonder where that guy came from. Like it must've just been like pure luck or someone like set her up and I don't have that capability. I don't have those people in my life and that can't happen for me. So it's kind of seeing other people's success as evidence that you can't do it that's where a fixed mindset would kind of like show up. Of course, these are somewhat like extreme examples, but you can kind of mm -hmm. see where someone may fall like towards one end versus the other. Um, and so those three, I like to point out a lot because people will listen to this and go like, oh crap, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're right. I do have a little bit more of a fixed mindset in some of these areas that you're, you're mentioning that I maybe realized before. And it can take time to just kind of like really start to pay attention to those things. I mean, even sometimes just in the language that you use, like if you're saying things like, um, I'm just not the type of person to exercise and eat healthy consistently. You know, I'm not an exercise type of person. Like that's very much fixed mindset. Like you're identifying, which is like mm -hmm. so tough, right? As soon as you identify yourself as right. the opposite of what you want to be doing, like good luck, truly. So that's tough. Um, 
anything along the lines of, oh, I always do this, or I can never do that. Like always and never typically some big words that I look out for. So again, just building awareness. I know I'm taking you so long on this question, Beth, <laughs> but no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Building yeah. awareness in these areas. And those are just a few ways you can start doing it. Cause I know I could say all day long, like you just need to become more aware, but like, what does that actually right. mean? So hopefully that makes it a little bit more tangible. Obviously there's a lot of other ways you can start to like notice this stuff, but you truly can't start to cultivate that growth mindset. If you don't know where your fixed mindset is showing up in the first place, because once you have that, sure, it's not like super comfortable and like noticing it in yourself totally. might be like, Oh, like that does, that is not a good look girl, <laughs> you know? Um, but once you have that information, then you are actually more empowered and you have more control to actually start to make changes in the future. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you said something there that we say a lot to, you know, with the not being able to get your workouts in or, or whatever it is, because something came up and we always say like something is better than nothing. Right. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's, it kind of falls in line with that, that all or nothing mindset too. Right. And obviously that's a big mindset thing that a lot of people suffer from that all or nothing mindset, the self-sabotage, black or white dichotomy thinking, things like that. And how do you go about working through that with, or, how, mm -hmm. or what are some things that people can look for with that? Cause I know that's a very broad topic. That's very nuanced, I'm sure, but. Yeah, no, it's a good question because I mean, it's something I talk about a lot and Beth knows <laughs> Beth's like, yeah, <laughs> the words all or nothing thinking like dichotomous thinking all of the time. Um, mm -hmm. actually I did a live event with my boyfriend just literally almost exactly a month ago. And one of my big presentations during that live event was all about all or nothing thinking specifically. So what's interesting about all or nothing thinking and for everyone listening, I'm sure you guys have an idea and I call it dichotomous thinking. That's if you were to go to Google scholar and you want to look up some of this stuff, dichotomous thinking is the term that you need to use, but it's obviously mm -hmm. just seeing things as like good, bad, black, white, kind of just those like all or all or nothing type of mm -hmm. viewpoints. And to me as a mindset researcher, obviously I'm a little bit biased with this, but a lot of times I feel like all or nothing thinking is really a fixed mindset, right? So you're assuming like, if I don't go to the gym those four times a week, even if my kid is sick, then I might as well not go at all because it's all, or it's not worth it. Right. So it can be stemming from very much. So like a fixed mindset place. And this is where it gets very interesting. Like mindset in general gets very interesting within the health and fitness space, because it feels like a lot of times, like fad diets or like these kind of like core beliefs that aren't necessarily true. They get tossed around or like hashtag no days off and all of this Ugh. stuff can actually push people into this all or nothing thinking, yeah. which then can turn into like an like overarching fixed mindset. Right. And like really start to hold people back. Um, so it becomes not just an issue of like, well, I didn't go to the gym this week because I have an all or nothing mindset. And I could only go twice. So I just decided not to go at all. And like that slows your progress. But overall, it actually really starts to screw with your mindset too, because now you're thinking like, I'm not good enough unless I do this stuff. Right. And that's mm -hmm. going to be really tough. And now you're reflecting on your last week and you're like, well, I didn't go to the gym at all. So I'm clearly not like not into this enough, or I'm not the type of person to do this stuff. And it can just like really, really spiral into something much worse than just oh, like I, it, it's all or nothing, right? It be, can become really a hindrance on your mindset, truly. So with that said, like working around some of this, like all or nothing thinking, dichotomous thinking, like what you start to do, I think number one, again, awareness, like stemming, figuring out where this is stemming from, where you kind of started to believe these things. Like if it's the case, like in this example that we were using, that you're trying to go four days a week and you only made it twice. And like next week you're like, okay, well, I'm not only going to make it twice again. So there's no point in me going if I'm only going to go two times, you know, understanding, like, why do you feel that way? Like ask yourself truly, like what makes you think that two is the same as zero? You know, why, why is that just because four is your goal and you sure it's only 50% if you make it two times, why is that still bad, you know, or why is that not good enough, you know, and just like, for those of you who are maybe coaches that are listening, or maybe you coach yourself in some capacity, just asking either your clients or asking yourself some of this stuff can be really, really helpful. All or nothing thinking, fixed mindset thinking can kind of fall in that same category. But with either of those things, right, you really just need to become more aware of where that is stemming from, what exactly it looks like, what it sounds like to you. Because a lot of times you may not even understand 
how ridiculous it sounds because it's just this weird thought in your head of like, okay, it's not worth going. Like, why would I go? It's only twice a week, like all of these things. But if you were to actually sit down and like, let's say, write that down, like, okay, why do you think this is not worth it? You know, what does this mean to you? You may write it down and be like, oh my God, this is so dumb. You're right. Like, why am I thinking this way? But you, without actually addressing those thoughts and taking some time to think about them, it's just going to drive your actions without you having any control of it. So taking some time to really like break it down, think about it. Why does that exist? And a lot of times, like I was mentioning before, like with the fad diets and just like our, the diet industry in general, a lot of times can drive this stuff, like with carbs, for for instance, like we have the Atkins diet and South beach diet and keto and all of these things that are basically demonizing carbs. So people think, well, if I'm going to have carbs, then I might as well, like what, there's actually something called what the hell effect in psychology. It's like, what the hell? I might as well just like drink wine and go out to eat and like have all this for the rest of the day. And that can Mm -hmm. be stemming from this belief that carbs are bad when in reality they're, they're not, you know? So like understanding that though can be important because I mean, one person, they could hear like, oh wait, I can have carbs in moderation and it can actually maybe be helpful for me. It can be helpful from like performance perspective, like muscle building perspective, like energy perspective. And that could change everything for them. Like all or nothing thinking is gone, you know, just from like squashing that one fitness myth really. So, but for someone else, it may be an entirely different situation. So it really is important to get at sort of like the core of all of it. Nice. So that, that act of writing things down, is that something you, you find works for a lot of people and why like putting pen to paper, is that because it's using different part of your brain or what, what, what is the science behind that? Yeah, there is definitely science in general with writing things down from a goal setting perspective. I want to say it's it's something like ridiculous. Like there's some studies out there that are like, you're 40 to 60% more likely to be successful if you write stuff down. Like don't quote me on that exactly, but (laughs) there are definitely some studies out there that are really, really interesting. And I think it's just a feels a little bit more committal when you're writing something down. And obviously this is from like a goal setting perspective where I'm coming from with writing some of this stuff down is just like bringing more clarity and awareness to what those thoughts look like. Cause a lot of times, like your thoughts as you're thinking them are not like super clear, or well thought out, or like there's no punctuation and paragraphs or rhyme or reason mm-hmm. to them. They are just kind of like floating around and like making you decide and act in certain ways. So if you take some time, it's more or less like an awareness building activity, right? Like, okay, take, what is that all or nothing thought that you're having? Write it down. Okay. What do you think is going to happen if you only work out two days a week instead of four truly? Like, what do you think is going to happen to you? Write it down. And where do you think these thoughts and beliefs come from? Is there something like past experience, past person, um, like your dieting history, whatever, like, what does that look like? And that can just bring such an entirely different story to the situation and understanding of like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is who put it in my head. I really actually don't believe it. I can't believe I'm, why am I thinking this? You know, this is stupid, you know? Um, But you're not going to ever get there unless you have that sort of like exercise. This could be also, you know, just a conversation with someone else, like a coach or something like that. But more or less, like people are really into like journaling activities and like there is plenty of science behind journaling for sure. So this would be a good way to almost use journaling and writing things down in a way to help enhance this awareness and work towards like beating that all or nothing thinking. So much all or nothing thinking. I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. So much. It's That's like the some, number one you know, thing we see in clients, right? Yeah. 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 A lot. Like, you know, like I went over you know, ate too much last night. So I just decided to keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but why you like got a flat tire slashing all your other three tires? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, just asking why, you know, why did yeah. you feel like was the, the response that you needed to have, you know, if you overate a little bit, you should overeat more. Like what, what was going on in your head? Like, why did you feel like that was the appropriate response? And then everyone's going to respond differently. Right. So like hearing what Mm -hmm. people say in those situations, of course, a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't really know. And like, that's an issue in and of itself. Right. Because they were, it's like a blackout moment instead. Yeah. Which is very common actually, huh? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where then you can say, okay, well, if you can't necessarily put 
anything to it right now when we're reflecting on something from yesterday, like just keep it in mind going forward, spend some time thinking about it a little bit more. You know, if something like this comes up again, where you do like go over your macros a little bit, like maybe stop yourself for a second, go for a quick walk outside and think about like why it is that you feel like you want to eat more and just kind of continue to like coach them through that. Because I mean, it's an entirely new thing and it's not what people are used to doing to have to think through this stuff. It's just like very automatic and habitual. So you kind of have to stop that pattern as much as you can to like actually create the space to think about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely no easy feat. <laughs> so is there any difference between say, like going back to the writing thing? And I feel like I already know the answer to this between writing it down and journaling on like a computer or, or, or maybe even voice notes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I actually leave voice notes for myself. I don't oh, I like love that. writing things down. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just hate writing. Um, but I, I found what works for me and that's voice notes. That's just a good brain dump for me, essentially. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you, I mean, is it just personal preference really? Yeah, I would say there's probably, it's probably personal preference. It's interesting because I think a lot of like research we have like on journaling and things like that is like prior to even having the ability, like for so long, you couldn't sit down on a computer and write a note to yourself or write of have a voice note. Like this is new stuff within like, you know, the last so many decades. So a lot of the research is not even looking at that. I'd be curious though, if something new has come out, like the difference between like, okay, traditional journaling, like you have a notebook and you sit down versus like you type it versus like you say it, you know, it would be very interesting Mm -hmm. to see if people still have similar effects. I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, and to be honest, like I, I totally get it because I'm nonstop voice memos and like, yeah. obviously type a lot too. And right. writing things down just feels like it takes so long now. It <laughs> it's like, I don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need to slow down though. Maybe that's our sign that we need to slow down. It's so funny because I'm the opposite. I write things down because I like to go Dude. back and reflect. If I voice it, like, I'm not going to go back and listen I to my listen. voice messages. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense too. Yeah, I would say I'm, I probably write things like type things more than I do anything. But um, I do think to some degree, writing, and this is again, I'm, I'm making this up, but there could be some research out, out there, I could see that writing might be something that feels a little bit more therapeutic to people, because it does force you to slow down, it gets you off of electronics, you know, yeah. and it makes you just like really stop and think about stuff. Um, which is like talking. That. Yeah, but talking, you know, you can go, I, I clearly talk very fast. Like you can talk really fast and just like work through something without really like have like making yourself like stop and think about it to think about it as much. Right. So, but I don't know, obviously there's yeah. a lot of power in having conversations with other people, you know, and when people ask you questions and you respond and you like have that kind of like back and forth, people often leave like deep conversations feeling like, wow, that was really impactful, you know, and like mm-hmm. that's verbal. It didn't have to be, it's not like they were passing notes to each other. So True. <laughs> Although I do come from the age of, of writing notes, passing back and forth in school. Passing them in class. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> old, yeah. We still did that when I was growing up. We, I, I grew up in the 90s, right? So that's, you know, we had that, we're, we're that perfect blend of technology mm-hmm. and still the old school yeah. way of doing things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, self-efficacy. Ooh. I'm super, super interested in chatting about that because I feel like, you know, obviously a, a lot of people just don't believe in their ability to succeed mm-hmm. and that holds them back as well. So totally. how like going about to help someone start to believe in themselves? Man. Okay. So when we're, you have like these really big questions, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so how do we solve, you know, the world like fear and how do we find world peace? World hunger. Yeah. Solve world hunger. Yeah. Um, But okay. So with that said, defining self-efficacy first and foremost, because I do think sometimes it gets kind of confused with other things like self-confidence and self-esteem and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and self-efficacy is very specifically what we're looking at is someone's ability to continue to work towards something in the face of like obstacles and challenges and setbacks and stuff like that. So when shit gets hard, are you able to like continue to work towards your goal basically? So that's the, do you believe that you can do that? So that is self-efficacy. What's cool is that we know growth mindset and self-efficacy are very much like intertwined and it can 
really go either way. Some of the research that I did personally was that people, I saw that people who have a growth mindset about fitness tend to have stronger self-efficacy, which in turn makes them more successful. So that it's kind of the relationship there, right? It's not like growth mindset, direct relationship to success. It's going through this idea of self-efficacy and some other variables too. But since we're talking about self-efficacy specifically, um, so with that said, gaining more self-efficacy can clearly help you be more successful. And I mean, anybody can like understand that it doesn't require, you know, a research study to see that, like, Mm -hmm. if you are more likely to persevere when things get hard, you're likely going to be more successful. Right. But what's cool is that cultivating a growth mindset can actually be the catalyst for that. Um, So working on self-efficacy, I guess, again, kind of just thinking like how self-efficacious are you currently, you know, thinking about what your current goals are, whether that's health and fitness, your career, relationships, whatever, when things come up, for instance, going back to like that same example that we had before, when your kid gets sick and you now like your schedule gets thrown off from when you were planning to do your workouts for the week, are you able to pivot? Are you able to figure out like, you know, you're saying like something is better than nothing. Like, okay, well, I was going to get like four strength training sessions in, but I guess I'll get two and then just go for some longer walks with my son, because that's like what he's capable of doing and isn't feeling his best. Um, and that's going to be my week. Like, is that how you're able to do that? Or is it like, screw it. I'm just not going to go to the gym at all. Cause like, I can't do my full workout plan. So it's not worth it. You know? So again, kind of, you see how all of this ties back into each other. It's like mm-hmm. fixed growth versus growth mindset, all our yep. thinking, self-efficacy. I mean, it's all kind of like, we're talking about the yeah. same thing globally. Um, right. So thinking about it, like, how are you able to respond in those situations? And knowing that like the more self-efficacious you become, the more likely you are to be successful. So maybe that's something you need to work on. And that can also obviously have downstream effects <laughs> for your mindset overall. Because once you start to like prove it to yourself and you have that evidence mm-hmm. that like, okay, when things get hard, I'm able to still figure it out, you know, watch your growth mindset grow truly. So I think that could be a good, this is sort of like a good way to answer your previous question too. Of like, how do you begin to shift your mindset is like, maybe start by just looking at self-efficacy and seeing like how self-efficacious you are in these situations. When things come up, like your schedule gets thrown off, like your routine gets confused because of, th- because of life, how are you responding to that? And if it's like, not very good. That's where I just say, screw it. And I throw in the towel. Well, maybe that's where you need to start and like, start to see where Mm. you can start to make different pivots or try different things or look for different methods when things get hard instead of just giving up entirely. Yep. Love it. I did an interesting poll on my Instagram stories the other day. I asked, I we're talking about getting honest with yourself. Right. And I asked the question, how many of you got like, who is honest with your, themselves? And, you know, it was 50, 50, that 50% of them were like, I'm not honest with myself. And then I went back and I was like, you were just honest by saying that you're not <laughs> honest gotcha. with yourself. <laughs> so I go, that's a start. You just took action by saying that, Hey, I'm really not honest with myself. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, pretty what interesting. Do you think? Awareness building. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it is the people that said, mm-hmm. yes. Do you think how many of them are actually truly honest with themselves or just think they're honest with themselves? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because I like to think that I'm honest with myself, but sometimes I I know I'm lying to myself and trying to convince yeah. myself that I'm, I'm that I'm being honest with myself, you know. So, um, uh, I, I at least I am aware of it. So that awareness thing. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, you'd rather be in a position of like I'm trying to be honest with myself, but I know that I'm not always. You know, it's something that I'm constantly like trying to work on and get better at. Versus like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I am, and just chalking it up at, at that, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I mean, I used to be that person that literally, you know, like that you're not doing everything possible, but you try to blame everything else. Yeah. Right. But deep down, you're like, you're like, I just know I'm not, but yeah. you have to go through all the avenues of hell <laughs> to, to get to the realization that, okay, I give in. I give yes, in. Right. I mean, it's, and that's honestly, Beth, like, that's a really good example of a fixed mindset too. And yeah. I'm sure you could like reflect and like see yourself in that situation though, but you just, the last thing in the world is that you want to be like told that you are failing, that it's your fault, that it's on you. So instead mm-hmm. it's like, well, everything else has to be to blame. And if you're that person, like you're going to constantly just be like, 
out of reach of success, right? Because it's constantly things outside of your control and things that you can't do anything about versus like just taking responsibility and ownership and trying to figure it out yourself. And that's like the growth mindset way of doing things is like, even if it is outside of my control and something that I'm not necessarily responsible for, what can I do to keep like pushing forward? Right. So it's like, regardless if this is my fault or it's on me or I'm a failure or anything, like I still want to be successful. So I'm still going to put the work in to try to figure it out, you know? Um, so yeah, it can be, that can be very much so reflective of a fixed mindset when it's everything else in the world is to blame. It's this whole like the idea Uh. of like, it's like victim mentality. Right. So Mm -hmm. I hear people talk about that all the time. And to me, I'm just like, all that is, is a fixed mindset. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, failing is part of like learning. And, and that's something that I never got before. I'd be like, I'm, I'm, I'm I suck. I, I fucking yeah, failed. failed. But, and now I look at things, you know, if I screw up, it's like, okay, what did I, what can I learn from this experience yeah. instead of like being the victim, which I always was. Uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. There's actually, I do know that there, there's a study that came out that ran a bunch of like algorithms in a bunch of different situations to try to figure out more about this, like failing is required for learning type of thing. And they actually came up with a number and it's, I want to, I think it was 85% of the time you should be successful, but 15% of the time you should be failing. Like that's like the optimal learning environment. Obviously like there's going to be, some people are like a little bit more, a little bit less and like context dependent and all these things, but like on average, 15% of the time you should be having some sort of like failure or setback in order to like learn most optimally, which I thought was really, really cool and interesting. Now, if you, if you, I love that too. I I agree because you can learn a lot from failure and, but if, if somebody's not failing, what, what do you think that says about them? Because I I would think if somebody's not failing, um, Mm. perhaps they're not pushing themselves hard enough or, or getting outside of that comfort zone or pursuing that growth mindset. Right. Right. That's totally true. And it's, it's interesting to think I've actually, I can use this as like, uh, an example for something that happened to me recently. So I obviously, so Beth is in the growth collective, which is a mentorship program that I run for female business owners who have gone through my certification program. And a lot of times I'm using examples of like, okay, well, when I did this in my business and when I had this situation or when I had like a a similar issue or a similar like setback, this is how I navigated through it. Um, but recently I had one of the girls in the collective come to me and ask like, Hey, I think I might need to fire this person because they're not like doing this. We've had these conversations, nothing's working. And this was an interesting situation for me. Cause like, still, I mean, to this day, I have not had to fire a staff member and I've never even had a staff member or an employee or a coach or anyone leave, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where I, I mean, I went to her and I was like, I wish I had an experience to share with you and work through this with you, but like, I don't. So to me, it's like that, the failure of like, having to fire someone or having someone leave like unexpectedly, I almost want experience so I can share it with other people, you know, but Mm. I wonder how, and I had this thought literally thinking about this exact conversation that we're having. I was like, I feel like that's very much of a growth mindset (laughs) for me to think like, I almost wish I had this failure like at some point during my like business journey. So I was, so I'm able to better explain it and teach it and work through it with people that I'm now working with. So mm-hmm. most people I would assume to be like, don't ever put me near failure, no matter what I want to avoid it at all costs. And I'm over here like, Oh, I kind of feel like I needed to, <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like I needed that. Yeah. Um, but of course, like there's a lot to be said. I am very proud of the fact that I've never had anyone leave. I've never had to fire anyone. Like it definitely makes me feel like I'm picking the right people and like the right people are in my circle and I'm able to cultivate the good relationships and in that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it almost leaves me feeling like, man, I now I can't like work through this and to the best of my mm-hmm. ability because I haven't gone through it yet. Um, but so all that said, I think understanding that yes, like, well, failure is a learning opportunity. And like, if you've never had, I think defining it is important too, because what does failure mean to you? Whereas like, for some people it might be like, okay, you're a business owner. You, you totally, you can't get it off the ground. You can't make enough money to pay your bills. Like that's a failure where someone else may be like, oh, this month I made 50 grand instead of 90 grand. And that is a failure to me, you know? So like also perspective really matters with this because I mean, all of the, in either of those situations, they're still learning opportunities, right? So I think looking for failure 
and like what that looks like to you. And I think that's where it's just like the definition between like failure and setback too. Like, okay, this might be a little bit of a setback, but it's, I'm yeah. not a total failure. I don't honestly love the word, word failure, period. Yeah. To me, it's like, yeah. it feels like- Negative connotation. All, negative. Right, yeah, yeah, it's definitely negative and it feels like, everything's like over, you know, like there is no yeah. opportunity to move forward. Like you failed the end. Whereas like Game over. <laughs> having a setback or it just not going as anticipated, there's yeah. still like hope for the future. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I even like, I do end of week forms for my assistant coaches that I review and I change the questions on them all the time and have them kind of like think about stuff differently. And originally when my VA had created it, she was like, Oh, I just have some questions in there. You can like add that you can keep them or remove them or whatever. And she had something in there that was like, what are like list one to three failures in your last week. And I'm like, no, we're not asking them to like come up with how they failed, you know, right. Instead, mm-hmm. like reframing that to like, what are one to three things that you want to improve on from the mm-hmm. last week or didn't go as expected and why, you know, and having those kind of conversations instead. So I took this in an entirely different direction than I think you probably no, I, to I think it's really, but- no, I think it's awesome. Um, <laughs> It's like, because failure to me, it's like, I, the only thing I, when I think of failure is like, I failed a test and I got the answer wrong. Yeah. And you don't, necessarily, you, know, you can't necessarily go back and like, maybe you can retake the test, but technically, typically you cannot, right? Like, okay, I got yeah on the test, the end, you right. know, of course you can, you can still go back to the test and learn your mistakes and make sure that you do differently next time. And like, that's more of a growth mindset way of going about it. But I don't know. I just, yeah. The word itself just doesn't like. Sit yeah, right, I agree. Right? I, I like to say that you know you haven't failed. Um, the only way you fail is if you quit altogether and say, "Fuck it, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not right. going to do this anymore. I'm done because I failed. I had a setback. Whatever. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, right. Like you determine failure yeah. ultimately. It's Absolutely. not like the situation right. or the outcome. Nothing. Like you decide whether or not it's a failure, and it's a failure only if you decide to stop trying. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, so Casey, I would like to ask you more about your uh, certification program because I, I, myself, I'm super interested in it. Um, Beth's talked about it a lot on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. I know other coaches do listen to this podcast as well. Um, I wanted to get in the last round. I think that you just started like a month ago or something. Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't able to ending, right? for, my, for myself. Yeah, we're so. ending. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, our last round, which was the fourth round started yeah, about like, yeah, 12 weeks ago at this point. Oh, so we are wrapping oh up gosh. now. Yeah, you're like a month ago. <laughs> time flies. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of traveling, which is why I wasn't able to commit to it at that time. So yeah, we talked about it with 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 Kim Schlag on our on our podcast. Oh, and right. I think Kim Schlag is in this round, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's been that yeah. long, Matt. <laughs> yeah, my God, that was a while ago. though. <laughs> Where is I, totally get I say stuff like that all of the time. I'm like, oh yeah, like when we talked last week and they're like, Casey, that was like a month ago. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I do currently run it twice a year. So you're in luck. There's another round for you this year, um, which will probably be starting sometime in August. So you can Perfect. look out for that. But yeah, right now it's a, it's a two times a year cadence. It may change as time goes on, whether that's less or more, I'm not really sure, but as of now, that's what we're looking at. Um, it is a 13 week program all said and done. There is some like catch up weeks in there. So it's not like information to the face for 13 weeks straight. Um, I very much was careful about making sure that it's enough information, but not so much that people are overwhelmed because I've hundred percent done course courses before where I'm like, I do not have time for like three hours every single week. And then you just fall right. behind and then you don't get anything done. Um, and it's also really hard to retain information that way too. So I kept that in mind for the structure of it. So there's three separate sections. And after each section, you also do a little bit of like um, an assessment, like overview quiz. You can really try to like solidify the information from that section before you move on to new information. I also include worksheets at every single lecture. I call them lectures, but like they're more like training modules from me teaching. Um, You have these worksheets that you get to fill out as you go along too. So at the end, you essentially have this group of worksheets that essentially work as like a mini textbook, you know, or a study guide, or just for you and your coaching practices to kind of flip back through without having to go back through like 
an hour and a half long lecture and like finding like, okay, where did Casey say this? And what did she mean here? Because you now have the most succinct notes really. Um, and with each week too, we do application assignments. So it's very much, okay, now let's take the science and apply it to what would be more or less like a real world, like check-in situation or a client case. And we have live calls every single week where we go over specific um, client cases or like, okay, now how do we take this information you just learned and these practices and really see how it could potentially work with some of your current clients, that sort of thing. Those conversations are always super, super good. Um, and mm -hmm. then you do a case study at the end. So it really is like a true like application throughout the whole thing down to the very end. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It's so much fun. <laughs> Love that. Amazing. And, and I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it's also um, you're partnered with some like ISSA, uh, AC, um, for mm -hmm. continuing education credits too, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 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 Amazing. We have, um, NASM, AFAA, ACE and ISSA. So yeah. all of those, if you have those, um, training or nutrition <clears throat> certifications, you can get continuing education credits for by going through HMCC, which is awesome. And it's, it's really cool. It makes me feel really good too. Cause it's them saying like, Hey, this, this is, is something legit. that's worthwhile that we're yeah. willing to say that mm -hmm. we kind of like recommend to our people, which is huge. Yeah. Also yeah. is interesting because it also means that they know that they don't include enough of that information in their own certifications because <laughs> otherwise they would be like oh just come buy it from us instead right. you know so they're like mm -hmm. pretty much saying like no go pay casey instead because we don't have this for you um which just kind of goes in line with what we sort of started talking about at the beginning here whereas like this is really missing from a lot of nutrient and training certifications yeah. and just training in general i agree anybody can coach macros and teach and here's your macros follow them if you don't it's your fault essentially yep. right and that's that's yeah. what a lot of people still do you know True. yeah and some people <laughs> some people do well with that you know but i most people, I don't know most people, but a lot of people don't. So there's, mm -hmm, there's definitely yeah. a need for it. Yeah. Speaking of a look at, see, I wrote the whole course is literally in this notebook right here. Oh nice. my God. That's great. <laughs> Talk about writing things down. I, uh, that's how I retain it. So like with the modules, like as you're going through, I wrote every freaking thing down. <laughs> that's amazing. Honestly, there's definitely something to be said for that. It's like hearing something, watching something, writing something down. What, like doing it in a lot of different modalities can actually help with um, retaining the information too, which is my thought with like the worksheets and the live mm -hmm. calls too. It's like, okay, yeah. so you go and listen to me for 60 minutes and talk about stress and self-control and like what that looks like for your clients and all these, all the science and the strategies behind that. And then you completed this worksheet that kind of retains some of the main topics and the main things that you should mm -hmm. take away. You apply it to a, like a client, like a hypothetical client case. And then you come to a live call where we discuss it. So of in real time yeah so there's a lot of different ways to kind of like make sure you're solidifying all the information and then you do like a multiple choice quiz that mm -hmm. has that in there as well so it's like you're getting the same information in a lot of different ways in hopes to like really make sure you you don't leave the course which i've also been in the situation even in like some like client or um college courses i feel like it's like 15 weeks later i'm like i don't even what did i learn <laughs> what yeah. just happened yeah have you found that or, or is this certification just geared towards coaches or have, you know, people that aren't coaches taken the course as well, just because they want to learn more about mindset? Yeah. Yeah. So I often say it's for health and fitness professionals because I mm -hmm. don't want other folks to feel left out if they are like social workers, mental health counselors, doctors, yeah. nurses, because we've had all of those folks go through too. Um, actually, what's interesting, I think in the last room, we had two different people who are, are like, um, I want to say high school and college soccer coaches, mm -hmm. both of them soccer, which was interesting. Okay. Nice. Um, but they uh, reached out to me on an individual basis and were like, Hey, I know this is more for like nutrition and fitness, like one-on-one -on -one coaches, but would I benefit from it? I'm like, absolutely. You know, it's like, it's very hard for someone to find a way that they would not benefit from this. Unless of course you have like mm -hmm. the degree of education that I do. And it's just like redundant at that point. Sure. Um, but it's also funny because like from a business perspective, you hear all the time, like you need to niche down and know your specific audience and talk to this one tiny person in a crowd of everybody. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll talk to the health and fitness coaches. And it's mainly for health and fitness coaches, but all these other health and fitness professionals would benefit as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the concepts and everything there. I mean, it's, it's universal, right? Right. Amazing. I love it. Um, let's see, we're about out of time. I think you got to get going. I know. And we usually keep it about mm -hmm. this time length anyway. Um, yeah. Casey, it's been amazing. Where can people find you on the socials? 
Yeah. Um, I try to be but like Beth and hang out on TikTok, but I'm not very good at it. So don't go to TikTok. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I spend most of my time on Instagram. So you can find me there. It's Coach Casey Joe, and that's Coach with a C, but Casey with a K. Um, I am on TikTok for the same name if you want. I'm trying. I really am. But it's just like Beth. I don't I don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> and, but it's I'm hard. mostly yeah. on Instagram. And that's where um, you can find lots of free content from me. Um, I post nearly daily. I'm on my stories. You can kind of like get a feel for how my teaching looks like. If you are interested in the health mindset coaching certification, or you're interested in coaching, you can get more information there as well. Um, also lots of like freebies and, um, free workshops and stuff like that on my website, which is kjocoaching.com. Nice. Thank you so much. Of course. It was super fun chatting with you. Yeah. It was was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Hopefully, Matt will take your course. I'm going <laughs> to sign up for the waitlist. I saw you have a waitlist for the next round. So I'm going to. Yes. And when you do that. that, when you sign up for the waitlist, you do get five free lessons in like mindset and psychology, too. That's like it's part of the, Boom, the email right. sequence. So right off the bat, you'll start to learn yeah. some stuff and get some um, like PDFs and stuff like that, that you can start using. So it'll give you a good like taste and feel for what's inside HMCC, too. Excellent. I think there's your, like the art of self-sabotage is in there too, I believe, isn't it? Or something. Ooh, yeah, I think so. I have yeah. the, the five day self-sabotage workshop series is probably yep. what you're thinking about. Yeah. So that's yes. another, that's another good freebie too, that you can mm-hmm. grab to start learning about some of those concepts. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank thanks you, Casey. Again, Casey. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. We'll see you Bye. soon. Bye. Bye. All right. Damn, that was all right. Oh my god, Beth, that was really good. Casey's amazing. Isn't she fucking awesome? That I love her. That interview, such a wealth of knowledge. Yes, like everybody that's listening right now, go back and listen to that again. Yes, this episode again. There's so much valuable information in there. So much. The concept she concept she was talking about with that all or nothing mindset. That you know, like she said, the dichotomy thinking, um, Mm -hmm. dichotomous thinking. um, That this episode is going to be really powerful, I think for people. Yeah. And there, and it's all connected, like she said, like, you know, um, yeah, honestly, like, and I took the course and I'm still learning. I'm literally like trying to learn and then put it to application Mm -hmm. has is, is, is hard because there's so much, but, um, and, and there's so much value. Um, yeah, totally. So yeah, it's mind blowing, isn't it? It's like, you're like, wow. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the, the psychology behind everything, um, mm-hmm. once you start to learn to understand that. Um, and also what we always talk about here, right? If we break it down very simply is we are the ones that have the power to change ourselves and mm-hmm. we are the only ones that can do it. And you aren't just doomed to not change. And right. I, think that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway here is you can change anything in your life you have to fucking be honest with yourself and put the effort for, yeah. forth and, and, and learn and, and do that, go through that journey. You can change anything yeah. about your life that you don't like, that, that makes you feel uh, uncomfortable or painful or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. you, you control that. That's the thing. And your thoughts ultimately dictate your actions. Like mm-hmm. you have to change your thoughts and change your life. Yeah. Like stop giving yourself these like self bullshit. I am this person. I only do this. I could never do that. It's like no, you fucking can. Okay, so I am addicted to chips. I'm addicted to junk food. Right, one of the popular ones. I'm addicted to sugar. Um, You're addicted to saying that you are. Yeah, you're. (laughs) You're, and I'm sorry, but you're giving yourself an owl and and an excuse when you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because now that's that's taking the responsibility away from yourself and the accountability mm-hmm. because it's not my problem. It's not my fault. It's the sugar's fault. It's the food's yep. fault. It's whatever fucking fault other than myself. Yep. Absolutely. So damn. I know mind blown, <laughs> huh? And then <laughs> I, I, I ended one of my TikToks. I think yesterday with that, I said, um, I said, damn, that's not sexy to hear that, you know, you can, you're, you're the only one that can change yourself or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but mm-hmm. I was going on one of my walk, my walk rants is what I was doing. Walk rants. But, I love the Matt walk rants. <laughs> I want to get back into them because I haven't done them in a while. So I've, I've done them the last couple of days, even though the one I did today got fucking taken down for bullying and harassment for pointing out how somebody misspelled protein. So yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. What a shit show. <laughs> 
Anyway, <sighs> so right. we are well into June now at this point. We are people, the patrons, our pa- people on our Patreon are crushing it um, with the step challenge. We, we're getting yeah. steps in there with the step challenge, aren't we? I know. Today, this week is 7,000 steps a day, I believe. Last on week step was challenge. Six. Yep, six and yep. seven. And mm-hmm. I, I know. And then we're doing the step challenge too individually, right? Um, on a weekly basis uh, with that grand prize. Um, for, for of the you know what are we talking about either it's kettlebell or fitbit kettlebell or something, fitbit. something like mm-hmm. that yeah so yeah yeah so super exciting so if you haven't already joined the patreon and you want to get in on the step challenge and the monthly workouts and on the recipes the fucking amazing recipes yes every wednesday oh today's wednesday we just released some new ones so oh um, i gotta check it out yeah totally so take advantage of it guys if you if you're interested if you need help with workouts um, I'm following the workouts actually this month. Um, I'm, right. I'm enjoying Are you them. and your son doing them? Yes. Um, so, nice. my son, so my son is going into seventh grade, junior high. Um, and he's been telling me for a while now he wants to start working out with me and get stronger. And he's done it uh, every once in a while, like maybe a workout every one couple of months with me. Um, mm-hmm. but he's, so they're doing this off season lifting program at the school as well that the football coach is doing the strength training uh, football uh, coach there. Um, so he's doing that two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then when he's with me, he's going to be doing one or two a, well, a week as well. So um, that's yeah, awesome. So, so he's done two of them with me this week. Um, and he's an absolute beginner, right? And he's doing these, mm-hmm. these Patreon workouts and I'm doing them with him, the same workouts. And I'm obviously not a beginner. I'm advanced. Right. I'm a fucking, I've done powerlifting competitions. So no matter where your skill level is, people, it, it can work. It can work for you there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Love that. So, yeah. And he, I love it too. Cause, um, he, he, for, for me, I'm looking forward to this building some mental toughness for him and, and some discipline and things like that. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. we know like when we're working out, um, when we start feeling that, like that burning feeling like, Oh my God, this fucking hurts. It's uncomfortable. We want to quit yeah. up. Right. Well, working through that, him working through that, for instance, yesterday, we were doing um, pull-ups as part of the program um, or it was one of the days this week we were doing pull-ups as part of the program. Um, he got to six, I think, and we're doing, we're doing uh, using resistance bands to help with the assistance of it. Yeah. Um, he got to six. He's like, I can't do anymore. And, and I'm like, I'm like, you got one more, you get, let's do this, you know? So he, he grinded through it and he did it. He, he busted out that one more. And um, I was super proud of him for, for pushing through that and, you know, working out and lifting weights, we're usually giving up mentally before you, before we are yeah. physically. So working yeah. through that, that mental roadblock there and pushing through is going to be very fucking rewarding. Oh, absolutely. Cause it's not supposed to feel like unicorns and fucking rainbows. If, you're, like, if, <laughs> if your muscles aren't hurting during your workout, you're not going to, you're, I'm sorry, but you're not going to uh, right. get stronger and build muscle. You if gotta, you... you gotta tear that muscle fight, the mm-hmm. muscle fibers in order for it to grow. You tear the muscle fibers by stressing it. So, yep. Yeah. Good job, Daddy Matt. <laughs> and from that perspective, too, from the dad-son relationship, I'm really looking forward to it too. Because yeah, that's bonding time with us, um, and just you know, I obviously he's my son, and uh, we got a really good relationship. But I feel like this is going to make it even better. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's good for him to learn about this stuff early. It is. It you know, is for Mo- sure. Healthy movement, getting stronger. And he's been, you know, doing a lot better with his own eating and things like that. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't force any type of eating on him or anything. Right. Like that's not a good thing. Right. Things. But like when I take him to the grocery store with me, he helps me pick out food. Um, he helped him pick out. So all the fruit and everything we got this week, all the fruit and vegetables, it was him. He picked it out. Nice. So, um, I'm really excited for that. You know, we got, uh, veggie tray. We, we, I, I bought one of those veggie trays with like the carrots, broccoli, yep. uh, cauliflower and all the cum- cucumbers and things like that. So he got that. And then like, we got strawberries on sale. Actually, it was like $2 for like a couple of pounds of them. Actually, it was super wow. fucking crazy. So that's good. Got, yeah. And he loves, he loves the strawberries. So nice. Mm-hmm. And it builds, it's going to help him build self-confidence too. I mean, yeah. which is huge at that age. Yeah. So all this to say, uh, the Patreon aside, guys, like if you want to start instilling like healthy habits in your children, involve them, do things with them, Um, go on walks with them, Um, give them a voice when you go to the grocery store, help them, have them help you pick things out, give them a couple of options. Mm -hmm. Like one, one thing I'll do with him when we go pick out bread, um, 
he likes the white bread, of course, like most kids do, like a lot of adults do. And like, if you like that, cool. That's I'm not demonizing that, but I prefer like the yeah. wheat bread. It's more nutritious, um, things like that. So I'll, I'll give him some options and, I'll, and then I'll explain to him the differences and then let him choose from there. If he still chooses the white bread because he wants it. Okay, cool. We're going to get the white bread, but yeah. Um, yeah. Also get my bread on the side, but <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll get the white bread for him. So yeah, that, I do that. I do that kind of shit too. Yeah. I can't, I can't eat pizza rolls all, that uh, as much as him. So as yeah. As I same. Want to. <laughs> yeah. Agree. All right. All right. You got anything else, Beth? No, that's it. That's my it. mind has been blown. I think I've, I learned a lot. Yeah. Again, Always. keep learning. Got to keep learning. We we've got to keep learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Yeah. That's a good, good way to end it right there. Yeah. All right. All right. Have an amazing uh, fucking day, what, you guys. Wednesday, Friday, when people are listening, <laughs> right. or whatever day you guys are listening to. Bye. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. And that is a wrap for this episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. Did we help you cut through the bullshit? We want to know. Send us a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me, along with a text saying, oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes.